0: So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello, and welcome to Fire in the Valley Boardroom Talks. Today, we're back again with the mighty Pat Slattery and myself, Pete London. Good afternoon, Pat. Good afternoon, Pete. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming along again. So, really, what we wanted to do was follow on from our last session where we were talking about all about being outstanding, and there we were obviously defining what outstanding is. Um, if you can just give us a quick summary on that so the definition of outstanding and and what it means to you
1: well uh, again the the definition of outstanding to me I mean it may vary for for other people what their definition is but to me it's a choice and it's a choice that I I made a long time ago and it's a choice that I continue to make every single day to be outstanding in, in whatever area of my life where I want to be at and Being outstanding, by the way, doesn't mean that you're proving things to anybody else you're You're trying to prove a point. This is just an acceptance that you accept that you're outstanding or, you know, for some people may use different words. It might be amazing or fantastic or mighty or whatever works for you, whatever sits well with you. And the, the key to being outstanding is being outstanding, is doing what you would do if you were to become the person you want to become. And you know, I'm making that choice regardless of circumstances, regardless of of outside influences, regardless of your environment. It's a choice to say that you know I can be the best I can be, and I choose to be outstanding, and I accept that I'm outstanding, and that is okay, and that's good enough for me. And and taking that on board without being egotistical and just accepting it, that's what being outstanding means to me. And then getting out there and being it, just absolutely being it.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. And- just give us an idea. I mean, even taking the word itself, I mean, to be outstanding, do you have to stand out?
1: Well, I think we're all made to stand out in our own unique way. I don't believe anybody should be mediocre. I don't think that anybody should feel mediocre because generally when I, that comes from, you know, again, from my story and my background. But I think for most people I've met, it's a, it's an old conditioning that they tend to take on board that somebody in their environment or something has gone on in their environment in the past, or maybe they've learned that so many people are ordinary or, you know, we live in a world of conformists, right? Where most people are taught how to conform. So, you know, we don't get into making it sound like a conspiracy, but the reality is that most people are taught how not to think for themselves. And they're taught that this is what people do and this is what most people do. And once you take that on and it becomes a condition and you take that as a condition, it starts to program your mind and program the way you think. And therefore, whatever you, once you program the way you think, you start programming what you actually do. So you know to to get that understanding of what what it really means, and and to be outstanding and, and understand that anybody can be if they choose to be. And that's not saying that you're better than anybody else because you're you're not. You're just delivering the best of you and the best that you can be. And you know, I remember when when I decided to be outstanding, and I think about being outstanding and and what it actually means. And it just means me being the best me, giving the best of me. Now, when you take it into your workplace or your business or the tasks, the things that you want to do, that doesn't mean that there's not somebody out there who can do that task better than you or can do that job better than you or do that business better than you. But nobody can be a better you. Nobody can be the best you other than you. And this is what outstanding means to me, is you play full out. You give your heart and soul to everything that you do and believe in yourself and love yourself and love what you do and love the opportunities that come your way and just embrace everything. You know, you don't have to accept everything if it's not congruent with who you are and what you stand for. So being outstanding for me is what I stand for. And again, it's not about being better or it's not about competing with anybody. I compete with nobody. I compete with nobody and I I don't challenge anybody. Other than I, I believe what I my goal is to try and encourage more people to inspire them to step up and be the best version of themselves that it could possibly be, and that to me is what outstanding means to me. You know, and yeah, you know, there's so much more in terms of that, in terms of the feeling and the emotion you're attached to, than what you see in the world. You know, in, I mean, you know, in in my pre as a kid growing up, like most kids, right, you see you see problems and, and an awful lot of things. You see things going wrong and. You know, and, and we're in a world where we're taught about what's wrong and the news is on or, you know, the, the conversations around people are always talking about the things that are not great. And when they have nothing to talk about, they give out about they give out about the weather, right? Something that's not even in their control. But that tells me that they're conditioned to find the problems in most things and that's most people. But for me, I, I think because I change the way I think and I think in an outstanding way, I'm just solution focused. I find the good in everything. I look for the good in everything. and. You know, and the good turns up, by the way. You know, that doesn't mean that there are not some things going on in the world that are not good or not great. But I tend to miss out on a lot of them. I tend to see and find most of the things that are absolutely outstanding or exceptional or amazing or, you know, and and there's a, there a pile of things I could add on to that. We could talk about gratitude all day long and how that plays a part and, you know, in the idea of being thankful and then, you know, the giving back and, and so much, just so much attached to being outstanding. It's not just a word. It's not just a word. It's 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 a being. It's everything about you. It's everything you do. It's everything you feel. It's everything you say.
0: You know, that's kind of what it means to me. You know, oh, it makes sense. And there's so much. And and one thing I just almost like to to cover off and say, well, how do you think it would feel to be the best you? How could you describe that?
1: It just feels amazing. It feels, you know. And 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 again, I think that comes down to acceptance, right? Because you know, most people, as we know, kind of live in a world of comparisons, and they're constantly comparing themselves to somebody else or something else. Just accept that you're good enough, and you know, accept that I don't need to know everything. I don't. I mean, I don't need to know how to do, how to run a podcast, right? I can turn up and play my part and be part of it, but I don't need to know how to run it. Mm. And I'm okay with that. Whereas in this busy world where people keep telling you, oh, you need to be doing podcasts, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing this. And people go, oh, my God, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. It's not going to work for me because they start comparing themselves to other people's opinions and what people think you should be doing. Mm. When the reality is, if it's not what you're good at, it's not what you're good at, right? Right. You know, or if, you know, and it doesn't mean you can't become good at it. If you choose to be, you can be. But I often say to people, you you know, Pete, I'm a big rugby fan, right? And and I love the game of rugby. And I look at, you know, I look at an old half or a scrum half, right? And, you know, a scrum half is normally the smallest person on the pitch, right? And the old half is really, his, his position on that pitch is really to be the best kicker, to kick that ball, to place the ball, put it where it needs to be at. And... You know, so you're not going to put them in the front row of the scrum, right? You're not going to take a scrum half. If your prop forward gets an injury, you're not going to take a scrum half and put him in as a prop forward because it's not the best position that he can play. Prop forwards play the best position that they can play on the pitch. Scrum half, out half, full back, all these different people play the best position that they're capable of playing on the pitch. If you put them in, if you put a full back in as a scrum, in the scrum, sorry, as a, a prop forward, they're not going to be able to play the best of their game. And the chances are they won't get the desired results. So find out your position, whatever your position is, what it is you have to offer, whatever it is you feel you have to offer, and you can play a full out of it, you play that position. And don't be comparing yourself to somebody else who plays a completely different position than you. And this is true in life or in business too. You know, you've got to find what's your position. What am I here to do? And everybody, by the way, has has a role in this world. Everybody has something to play, and everybody, every single person, being here, your very being here is making a difference in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes it could be a long time before you realize what that is. But I absolutely guarantee you that there's a reason for you being here, and you are playing your part in a positive way in, on this world. So. You know, choose your position and choose what it is you want to do. If you want to be a philanthropist, do you want to be a millionaire or a billionaire, if you want to be an employee, if you want to be a coach, and if you want to be a sports coach, if you want to be a school teacher, whatever it is you choose, you choose. I mean, you choose your position and you don't have to compete against anybody else. You don't have to be perfect at everything. Just be the perfect you.
0: Mm. Yeah, you know, and that's what that means to me. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. Um to go on from that, i mean do you just out of curiosity would your, would your gift and your passion be the same thing or should they be the same thing
1: oh that's a good that's a good question because i uh, i guess my, my passion i have passion i have a passion for life okay i I have a passion i think from a very early age to make a difference um I believe you can create a gift. With your passion or maybe you could create a passion with your gift but what 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 is the, the real gift for me is i mean i have been told many times by many people that i have a, a particular gift which is a gift of knowing and you know i've had i've had some guys and you, you met mark victor henson your chicken soup for the soul right and mark has written so many books and has been around so many people but i remember having a conversation with him and he said you know patty said and and he was the third person to say this to me before I kind of accepted it, actually, and realized what, what it meant. And he simplified it. He said, you, you have a gift of knowing. He said, you have an incredible gift of knowing. And he said, you automatically and instinctively know what it would take me 20 years to learn from a book. And and that's my gift. Now, understanding when you have that gift, and, you know, sometimes you may not be even sure what your gift is. And, and I mean, I wasn't sure what my gift is, but... But I was passionate about making a difference. And my gift was guiding me, I believe, down that path. Um, and when I accepted, yeah, actually, I do have a gift of knowing. I don't believe I know everything. It's not that I think I know it all. But, you know, and if I don't, I also know not to claim to know it all. And I know where to go and research and find the answer if there's an answer needed. But I, I don't, the one thing I don't do, and I believe this is a, a particular gift I have, is I don't. Allow any blocks somewhere. I don't allow anything to come in and stop me from thinking about a solution. I allow myself to go with that solution and go with that that method of thinking. And I'm quite strategic in thinking. I, I don't think, oh, oh, this is a clever idea. If I have to come up with a clever idea for somebody, I have to come up with a whole strategy. I, I, I almost instinctively start thinking with strategy of the next step, the next step, the next step, the next step, and so forth. So we actually have a plan to move forward. So that's my gift, my passion. Is getting it out there and sharing it with people, and actually seeing it making a difference in people's lives. So my gift is mine, my passion is being able to share it. So you know, if you have a gift, and, and you have an amazing gift of asking powerful questions. Gotta tell you, I, I don't know. I've met anybody who can ask the questions that you can ask, and, and in a way that you ask them. You were a real gift of asking powerful questions, which is which makes sense that you're doing what you're doing right now, because your gift. Is now turning into a passion. You're using your gift and you're delivering your passion because I know your purpose of what fire and belly means to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's your gift, and how you're using it with passion. I believe so. You know, I don't think it's the same thing, but I think you use it with passion once, once you discover what it is.
0: And do do you think your your gift is set, but you just increase the intensity of it, or is it something you almost like a an exercise or something else that you actually increase it over time, oh, okay
1: you see when when I was operating my gift, I guess I didn't know I had it, but I was still doing stuff. you know i go 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 back and and I look at where it came up where I, where I grew up, and you know as a teenager, I mean I was involved in setting up u clubs and uh we we set up a weekly swimming club for the kids in the area it was you know you know I came from a very underprivileged area. We set up what they know called summer camps. You know, myself and a group of other teenagers. Um, so, you know, when we set up those summer camps, we we would have about five hundred kids turning up for six weeks of the summer. And we and we do different outings. with them. we do sports days, things to keep them occupied throughout the summer. And uh, and I just love doing that. I mean, and yet I grew up in an area where where we had very little, you know, and uh, and I had no expectations, honestly, at that point, no real expectations of myself. I was just doing stuff, and I just I just I just knew how to do it. But I wasn't aware of what I was doing. And, and I think that the real power here is, is capturing your gift and, and realizing your gift and thinking about what you've done and what you've achieved. And once I realized what my gift was and what I, what I do, you know, I, kind of, I could kind of look back and I've often reflected back on this question. I think about, okay, but where did that influence come from? Where did that inspiration come from? Is it something I was born with? Is it something I took from a past life? Is it energy? Is it something that's out there? I really don't have the exact answer to that, but I have a lot of ideas that run around my head in terms of how I think about it. I do believe when I came into this world, they're no different than anybody else. I believe every single person came into this world to make a difference. Everybody. I believe everybody has a purpose in this world. The environment that you're, you get introduced to will certainly shape where that goes. And by the way, that can change too. Right, that can change too as you become more aware of what that gift is and what you're being offered, the opportunity that you're being offered in this world. Um and I think what's what's most important here, Pete, is education. And I don't talk about education as in formal education. I think people need to be aware of what they can become and people allow them to become it. So when I look back at my life and I look back at my mum my mom and dad in particular, because they're obviously my first inspirations and ironically you know, I, I, I've wrote a chapter of this in my book and I'm gonna write about it a little bit more in, in another book. And I talk about inspiration. And people often ask me, who was your greatest inspiration? You know, because you worked with all these great minds and all these great people in this industry. And I started thinking about, okay, was it Tony Robbins, was it Robert Kiyosaki? was it Brian Tracy, all these names are coming in. And as I'm narrowing back my journey, I'm kinda of gone beyond before I even heard of those people. And then I start remi- remembering a, a school teacher I had in sixth class who was an exceptional man and what he'd done for us. Then I remember another guy at twelve years of age who used to run a U Club where I used to go to and what he'd done for us. Then I remember the people who were surrounding me in my community who got involved with the U Club. And then I remember the sacrifices about my mom and dad, and particularly my mom made. And, you know, and then I look over, uh, I had a wonderful auntie who who um who Taught me to read and write before I ever even went to school, right? Who taught me at the time? Who I, I, and I suppose maybe she was doing it intentionally, I don't know. But she used to teach me to, to read with the Sunway, you remember the Sunway holiday uh, brochures? Mm-hmm, so, yeah. not only my reading, I'm seeing all these beautiful people sitting on the beaches with beautiful tents in the sunshine and the wonderful sea. And I grew up in a city, right? Never been to the seaside in my life. So, you know, and, and she took me to the seaside. And, you know, so those people who were in, inspirational and and involved in my life were a, certainly a major part in, in, I believe, my gift coming out. I always say, for me, I mean, I left school at 14 years of age, right? I left home at 16 because I had a number of jobs, not because I had a, a tough life. I, I didn't know I had a tough life. I loved my life as a kid. I had fun. I had lots of fun. But I'm always grateful that my parents allowed me to become the person that I've become, that they didn't get in my way, that I had no preconditioning. And, you know, as you know, like with my sons, I try and encourage them to be the best to be whatever they choose to be. And, you know, it's their journey. And there's going to be times it's going to be tough in their journey. And there's going to be times they're going to have challenges. But they have to figure out what they want to do with it. I can guide them and advise them. But they have to choose their journey and what it is they want to do. And I'm never going to get in their way. No matter what they choose, no matter what they choose, even if I know that they have a better, more, more opportunity, that's not my choice, that's their choice. So I just allow them to become whatever they want to become. And for me, that was hugely inspirational, and I believe it was very much part of my growth, to allow me to become, to allow me to use my imagination, whatever, to allow me to think differently than everybody else, to allow me just to put it out there. And when I spoke out loud, Because I tend to dream out loud sometimes. You know, not all the people, of course, there were people that challenged me, right? Of course, there were people that that really affected how I thought and how I felt, right? But something inside me was still stronger to say, just keep going. Just keep doing it. And, you know, eventually the people, the the others, the dreamers and the doers, they listen to you. They pay attention and they say, yeah, you know what? Go for it. Why not? And, uh, And I was blessed that I was surrounded with some people like that who gave me that, hope or inspiration that there is something more to me there's something more i can do and be and have and and now purposely and consciously i changed a lot of my environment and i changed a lot of the people i was around when i started to realize how it was influencing my thoughts and how it was influencing me becoming outstanding or not how it was going to influence whether i become mediocre or whether i become conditioned to think well i'm doomed i don't amount to, amount to much and i never amount to much or I chose to find myself in an environment that, that I actually said, Pat, you know what? You can be the best in the world. And, you know, you I think you were on the, the uh, webinar last week with Brian Tracy. And, you know, which was quite humbling to hear because for me, Brian Tracy is one of the, the, the giants and the masters of the of the professional per- and personal development industry. And uh, and for him to turn around and say, you know what, Pat, he said, and you might remember this, he said, when you were asking me something, before you even finished asking me the question, the answer was going to be yes, mm-hmm. because of what you do. And and he said, and, and as far as he's concerned, he said, Paddy said, you have one of the greatest minds in the world in this industry today. And that is an encouragement to allow me to say, you know what, I'm on the right track. I and mean, when you get it from somebody who you've been learning and who has been guiding you even directly and indirectly over the years because they listen to what he does and listen to where he's at and what he's achieved, and, you know, it allows you to keep accepting it more. You just know you're on the right track. And it's important when, when you hear this about yourself, when I mean, people give you this compliment or give you that level of acknowledgement, that you learn how to accept it with the intention it's being given. Because most people go, ah, oh, stop, oh, and they get embarrassed about it because they're being preconditioned to be that way instead of saying yes and thank you. And I appreciate it and I accept what you say for me to be true. Because if you intentionally go out and make a difference in people's lives and people give you that feedback, then it's the truth. They're just telling you the truth. And allow yourself to go with your truth. And that's another part of your gift. That you can go with the truth and you can be your truth.
0: I think observing that relationship between yourself and Mark there, and, and and even Mark Victor Hansen, but also Brian Tracy more specifically, you know, extremely complimentary of you, and rightly so, but I think what, what stood above it all and, and really sort of what, to me, was the cream was the actual respect. And respect is almost one of the most compassionate um, and genuine things that someone can do, in my opinion, you know, to show you the respect that, I believe you rightly deserve, and, and many others do. Um, and that, that, that was probably the biggest compliment of them all.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that because mm-hmm. I, I guess, you know, maybe we have similar type values because that is a, a really core value to me. Some other people may not see that as being that important because they have different set of values. And respect to you is obviously a, a core value. It's a very strong value that you hold. So, therefore, mm-hmm. you would have seen that in that presentation. Um, some other people said it, it had come back to me actually with the feedback and said that the connection was incredible and mm-hmm. the compassion, right? Because uh, it, compassion would probably be one of their core values. So people, everybody sees it in different ways. And mm-hmm. I, I accept and I do respect everybody's opinion in terms of as long as it's congruent with my values and where I want to be going in the message, want to get out there. You know, um, you also know. I, n- I never ask for criticism. I never ask for constructive criticism. I don't just don't believe there is such thing. Nobody likes criticism. Hmm. I'm happy to look for some feedback, but I always ask for positive feedback. Hmm. I don't. I don't want you to tell me what's going wrong. I, I want you to tell me what can I do more of to make it right, to be better. You know, I grew up. I grew up uh, going to school with, with certain teachers, and I remember the Christian Brothers, right? And I often joke in a way, and I talked about how people said, Pat, how did you become so good at maths? I said, it was quite simple. Six in this hand and six in this hand equals 12, right? And four days of pain, right? So I could do the math quite easy, mm. you know? And, and I grew up in, in an environment where, where, you know, thinking for yourself was almost beat out of you, you know, physically beat out of you. But, I, but my other influencers were the influence I was getting from other people was much stronger. The influence I was getting from inside me, the, the want and the ability to, to actually go and make a difference in some way, shape, or form was inside me. And, you know, when I get somebody beating me down or try to beat me down, then I just don't take it on board because it's not coming with good intention. And, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not saying that everybody has to agree with everything I say. That's entirely up to each individual, and that's Okay. But if you don't come to me, if you come to me something and it's not got good intention, I just don't let it in. Mm-hmm. I won't let it in. And if somebody says to me, you know, like yes, it, it was quite humbling um, for Brian Tracy to to give me a, a compliment such as he did, um, and yes, the level of respect and and in I feel I I earned the respect, you know. Uh, the, the, the one thing I suppose in this case, I'll accept it in the way you see it as being respect, but I don't demand respect. Mm-hmm. Now that's not always true of my past because in, the, in, in my past, yes, I may have been demanding respect and I had an expectation for it and if I didn't get it. You know, it created a, a certain belief if you like. and, um, and some of those beliefs, that I carried. If I didn't, if I wasn't showing respect, you're right. In in my early days, because it was part of where I grew up. With, you know, with nine brothers, right? And I grew up with a dad who was tough but very caring. And uh, and my dad always spoke about respect, always about respecting your elders, respecting other people. And you know, my dad taught me as a kid. You know, even even our neighbors. You know, we'd know our neighbors, my my friends' parents by first name. My dad would say, No, you call him by his surname as in, you know. Um, Mr. Duke, right? Or Mr. Linton, how are you? And, and that to him was the mark of respect. Mm. So, you know, so sometimes, and they used to frustrate him. I remember one kid in on our road I used to see my father and he'd go, Oh, how are you, Paddy? And he just said, You kick up in the ass. He said, Paddy, Paddy. He said, You know, he used to frustrate him that a, a kid would say that. Now, it wasn't that he was not arrogant or anything. He just, that's the way he grew up, and that was his idea of respect. So I took that on as like a learned behavior. So if I saw somebody speaking to an older man and calling him. But for, I said, "Why would you do that? I would almost be disgusted and almost have an argument and want to correct them, right? Which not congruent who I am." Mm. So you know, sometimes if I didn't get respect or I wasn't shown respect, and by the way, it is absolutely still a to me because I I feel I respect everybody and I, and I believe if I put it out, there, I should get it back, right? But if I, if I felt I wasn't being respected or or maybe if I felt I was being disrespected rather than not being respected, okay, because if I wasn't being respected, it didn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me what other people think or feel. But if somebody was showing disrespect, then it would have really got under my skin. And uh, and I, I would try and find a way to manage it and deal with it. Uh, and sometimes that wasn't always pretty, right, because it created a, a thought and, and a mindset about the individual, which probably wasn't the truth. But because it didn't sit pretty with me, I created a learned behavior. And I just thought they're not good people. And I began judging if you're like, no, it didn't happen that often. It would really happen. But if it did happen, I would find myself judging people. And if I'm judging people, then how much respect am I showing to them and how much respect am I showing to myself? So, again, it's back to acceptance. So I accept the respect we have. And it's a mutual respect that both myself and Brian have for each other. And and it's the same different the same respect that we have for each other, Pete. I have the same level of respect for you. It's not because he's at where he's at. I have the same level of respect for you. I had a conversation this morning with a eighteen year old kid who's getting out growing his business and starting up with great ideas. I have the same level of respect for him. You know, I and and this is something I've learned. I hold everybody in high regard, everybody. Unless they show me different. And even then I don't judge them. I just don't take them in. I don't let them on board. I move, move aside from it. Let them get on with their life. I'm not in the way. And it's not coming into me because if I do, and I get annoyed, or you get frustrated. And that's a learned behavior that you take trying to try and deal with a belief that you have. Because I believed that if people did, were disrespectful, that they were bad people. And when you do that, it creates a whole other of series of emotions and behaviors. And for me, when, when that happens, that's again being disrespectful to me. So that creating those behaviors and those emotions and, and everything else goes on, it's all that's doing is reinforcing the belief that's really not congruent with who you are. So my biggest lesson, actually, on, on that journey was to, to be prepared to change my beliefs often, to question my beliefs. And once I do that, and I can sit back and go, okay, well, that's not really the truth. Maybe they're not a bad person. Most people are not bad people, but there are people who do bad behavior based on Again, maybe it's a learned experience. Maybe it's their environment, how it's impacted them. And maybe it's something that that has challenged their values. And uh, so I just don't judge anymore. And nor do I try to fix everybody, by the way. I just kind of go, okay, if it comes to me with good intention, I will accept it with good intention. If it's coming to me with bad intention, I just don't accept it. I just don't let it in. I don't try and fight it. I often say to people, just let it pass you by. Or, you know, in, in the past, my conflict management we used to say when people are throwing abuse or threats at you just think garbage in garbage out don't store it let it go straight through let it go nothing to do with you and i think that's kind of the same situation i, I if i find myself in a situation like that where i'm questioning and i just let it go and let it go because i know my intention and if i if i'm true to myself and i'm true to what my intention is and i just be the best I can be. That doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. Not very often. But, you know, but I I consciously catch what's going on in my life. I consciously catch what people are saying. I constantly catch. But normally, it's all the good stuff. And, now, however, I will catch something if I think it's a threat towards somebody else. I catch that very quickly. If I see somebody has bad intention towards you, I find it, I, I have an obligation to make you aware of it. You choose what you want to do with it, but I find I have an obligation to make you aware of it, and that, to me, is again is part of part of making a difference. And it's not that I want to do harm to the other person; I just don't want no harm done to anybody.
0: Because there is interest, interesting, obviously, and then you touched on it briefly about your your background in the sort of the security industry, and you know, there from that point of view, you are. You almost be paid to judge or to assess. Maybe not judge, but to assess the situation. Be constantly monitoring, whatever reason. You know, as you say, it could be environmental, could be emotional, could be whatever reason. But you have to almost assess and then be prepared to to change your view too, right? Oh, absolutely. And look,
1: we all judge, even still. By the way, I'm not saying I never judge. We always, everybody judges, and uh, and either we could have a conversation. People tell me they don't, and. We can ask a couple of questions and we'll find out very quickly. Everybody judges. So, you know, if you meet me for the first time and you have a good impression, well, that's, that's a judgment on me anyway, right? You know, um, and back in that industry, I mean, look, you know, you become very aware of human behavior. And, and that was a, such a great lesson to me, even in the industry I'm in today, to understand human behavior and what motivates people to do certain things, whether good or bad, is the motivation is what's the motivation. If we can figure out what the motivation for people is, we can change their lives. It's not necessarily their behavior. It's what's motivating them to behave in that way. Um, and, you know, growing up where I grew up, I, I wrote multiple programs many years ago for the security industry around the motivation for crime. And we have to understand what, what motivates people to behave in a certain way. And it's fascinating when you can get inside people's minds how, how again, the environment impacts them in so many ways. And, um, and, you know, and this is why you talk about education, in terms of education, educating people about life and creating more life skills and becoming more savvy and aware of what they're truly capable of. And, uh, you know, but, but judging, yes, uh, you know, we all judge mostly ourselves, right? You know, most people will, will judge themselves by their behavior, by their thoughts, by comparisons again. So judging is something that we've always done. In the, in the security business, absolutely. Every, I was assessing every single person. I could have, in, in a course of a week, I could have 25,000 people walking past me between nightclubs and bars. And I probably judged 90% of them. And you know, and sometimes, you know, there's dealing with different bar owners, club owners, and they make a judgment based on where somebody's from. Maybe they make a judgment based on the clothes they wear, which is ludicrous. Right, it's ludicrous, but when you're in that space, it becomes a learned behavior. Um, and and I used to have this method and this this belief, and I kind of still hold this belief in some ways, to be honest. You know, in, in certain areas. And I used to teach doormen, and you know, people used to be bothered about doormen refusing people entry. Now, believe it or not, in, in all the years I was in that industry, I rarely, rarely refused anybody entry. You know, which which is kind of amazing. Now, I did refuse entry to people who I knew and I had a past history that I knew they were going to most likely cause a problem. But I used to always say to the guys, make the judgment, guys, and make it fast. And always think that you would rather be wrong and leave them out than be wrong and let them in. Now, if you think about that, you know, when you're refusing somebody, you might be wrong and let them in and they cause a problem in the bar and people get hurt and everything, all kinds of things happen, right? But if you're wrong and you let them out, well, it's really not affecting you in any way. It's not affecting the lives of the people around you. So I think the same way when it comes to my personal space or my mindset or, or my beliefs. You know, if somebody is challenging it, I'm not, I'm not interested in trying to prove anybody wrong. I'm not interested in arguing with anybody. I accept my route and where I'm going. If somebody is trying to improve what I'm doing, absolutely. If somebody's trying to challenge me, I just keep them out. I'd rather be wrong, keep them out than be wrong and let them in. Because it's when you let the wrong people in and they get inside here and they start impacting the way you think, you start feeling and believing about yourself, then that's going to change your life in a drastic way, but not for good. So, you know what? If you're in doubt, keep them out. So, this is just my suggestion, by the way. This is how I behave. I uh, Actually, we had somebody come on. And we, we launched that webinar with Brian Tracy last week. And some guy decided to come on on, on Facebook and put up about five or six smart comments and questioning comments and knocking Brian back. And then I sort of just deleted him and blocked him. Why would I bother? Why would I bother trying to convince him? Why would you go there? And I, I'd done this many, many years ago. I remember when, you know, maybe 12 years ago when we kind of first started using Facebook. And I, you know, I put a lot of positive quotes on my social media. And this guy came on and challenges it. Oh, he said, Pat, you can't be this happy all the time. So I thought, oh, okay. What's making you think this? And he came back, well, I watch your your quotes and I see them putting up and I think most of them are nonsense anyway. And said, well, that's interesting. Why would you think they're nonsense? He said, because you can't possibly be happy that happy all the time. And I'm honest, I am said, well, what makes you think? I said, I'm happy all the time. And all of a sudden, we're going over and back. And I was, I'm way down my wall. And I went, what are you doing here? Because the more I was trying to change his mind, the more he was trying to challenge me. And he had only one intention, was to challenge me. So I just said, just type out what comes to mind. And what came to mind was a a little bit of advice I got from a very wise man a long time ago. And I just typed what was on my mind and it said to never argue with an idiot because it will just bring you down to their level and beat you with experience. Have an outstanding day. That was the end of the conversation. Now I'm not saying the man was an idiot, right? But what I'm saying, he was trying to bring me somewhere I didn't want to be and I chose not to be. So why would I even go there? Why would I go there? I rise above it and I move on and I do what I need to do to achieve what I want to achieve for the people I want to achieve it for. And I do everything with the right intention. And once you understand that and you give you give your hundred percent yourself with the right intention, then you're being outstanding. You're making a difference. You'll stop, you know, judging to a certain element because there's always gonna be a level of judgment no matter what. But I think you'll make better decisions. And if you make better decisions, you take better actions. If you take better actions,
0: you get better outcomes. It was interesting to go back on your point, you know, and you say, and you, you know, you, you don't ask for criticism or anything else. You ask for positive feedback, typically. Mm-hmm. Would you, is there a correlation between positive feedback and say grounding? I mean, is there, is there a value in grounding somebody or um, is that the same as criticism or positive well, feedback? Can you give us the difference? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, see, well, well, bear in mind, my positive feedback I give to you is based on my feelings, and my thoughts, and what I think it means. It's really got nothing to do with you anyway, right? You know, because I can only share with you my opinions and what I've heard and what I've seen. And sometimes even with positive feedback, you go, oh, geez, that's brilliant because I didn't even see that about me. That's fantastic to learn that about me, right? And that's generally what happens with positive feedback. Um, and now, you, yes, you're going to meet people who, who may appear to lose a run of themselves, right? but that's still just your opinion. You know, we meet a lot of people in, in the, the spiritual world who, for most people, go, oh, they're a little bit out there. They need to be grounded. But that's just your opinion, by the way. That doesn't mean you're right. It doesn't mean they're wrong. And if what they're doing is not going to damage them in any way, well, why would you get in the way? Now, I don't mean the other side of that is you know, when you give somebody positive feedback, I don't even give you positive and honest feedback. Uh, I don't really want to say, listen, ground yourself. Now, as an advisor, as a coach, and as a mentor, and people come to me and they've got things and I see them doing them and say, listen, let's hold back the reins here a little bit. Let's get this right. Let's get you focused. And there's a different type, you know, getting people focused is different than having them grounded. Um, thankfully, nobody tried to ground me, right? And, and I found my own way through it. And, and yes, you know, I I have worked a lot with energy and I've worked with a lot of people, a lot of spiritualists who are, you know, to most people would be far out there, right? Now, I have a choice. I could go down that road very easily. I could go there and, and immerse my life into that very easily. And by the way, I'd probably be happy. But for most people, they go, that's a bit too far out there. I've chosen my level of grounded, if you like, for me. I I because I, I like to be involved in the whole world, if you like, in all worlds and in what is possible for everybody and get an understanding of all human beings and all human beings behavior. And, and I like to be involved in that because I, I believe that's part of my gift, if you like. So, you know, again, you know, if we say, well, I have to ground them. Is that another form of judgment? <laughs> you know? And, uh, Now, yes, there's always concerns for people. As long as they're doing no harm to themselves or anybody else, why would you stop them from being happy? You know, why would you stop them from being happy? You can give your opinion and a bit of guidance should people ask for it. And then people will choose whether they want to take it. So I give you positive feedback. You choose whether you want to take it on board or not. It's a choice. Hmm. And if you choose that it doesn't sit well with you and you don't want to take it on just yet, that's okay, by the way. That's fine. Now, however, if I give you... Constructive criticism, and I say, Well, listen, Pete, actually, that headset that you're wearing is a bit big for a video, and you know, it doesn't suit the shape of your head. And it's, you know, and anyway, you know, your voice is this, and are you going to feel lifted up? Are you going to feel wonderful at the end of that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not constructive criticism, it's criticism in the story, Mm -hmm. right? And nobody likes criticism, you know. So, I would rather say to you, You know what, Pete, you're doing a magnificent job. You know what? Just just my opinion, by the way. This might work a little bit better for you, not because I, you know my intention is to support you in becoming the best version of yourself. So if I see something that says, you know what, that was magnificent, you should do more of that. Mm. That's going to lift you up, and that's going to make you get out and do more and do and, be, and keep bettering yourself. You know, and this is so important, especially where kids are concerned, guys. You know, tell them, encourage them.
0: Mm.
1: Encourage them. And... Even for, for adults, I mean, look, adults are just big kids, right? You know, recently somebody was talking to me about, you know, this world of personal development and being involved in personal development and said, you know, I got this, I got, I got this um, journal and, I, you know, it was great when I got it, but now I just find it boring, it's rubbish and, you know, people need to see about this. And because here's what happens, most people forget about this, how they started the journey. So you have to remind yourself, just because you have learned what you've learned, just because you have the experiences that you've got and the journey that you've come on and, and how things have changed for you, don't forget that there's some people who are just starting. And that's the point where we encourage them. We don't go, ah, that was rubbish or oh, that's not that great. Because where you're at, the level you're at may be too overwhelming, even though it might appear as easy or simple for you. We have mm-hmm. to accept that everybody is starting somewhere and figure out where they're starting and work with them from wherever it is they're starting. Don't try and shove them into something that's going to make them uncomfortable. Let them, let them participate in their journey at their pace and the way they need to do it, but provide that feedback, that positive feedback to encourage them to keep stepping up. So, you know, if somebody is starting, you can always say, you know what, well done, well done, great choice. You're on the right track. Just keep doing what you're doing. And when you get to the next stage, when you read through what you're doing, see how you feel about that. You might want to go back and redo it, or you might want to step up. If I can help you, let ask. But well done. Well done for making that choice. Well done for choosing to step out of the norm to understand that you're extraordinary, you're not mediocre. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to encourage people. And particularly in our world, Pete, and I know you've been around, you know, researching person development and, and getting into building your mindset and building your knowledge. And, you know, it is really important to, to remember when you're guiding people that some people, when they're starting, and I know you do it is you, you make it very comfortable for people, actually. You know, and yet at the same time, you can, you can flick that switch and go to somebody at a completely different level, and you identify where everybody is at. And once you identify where everybody is at, you have to work where, where they're at, not where you think they should be and how fast they should be there, because that's just criticism nobody likes criticism. It doesn't encourage you. It doesn't light your fire. It doesn't light the fire in the belly, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? So again, if I was to say to you, if I was to give you some constructive criticism or positive feedback, which one is going to spark the fire in the belly? True. Positive feedback.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You talked about, you know, um, what you're really doing is, is, is almost giving a method of thinking. And you're following up that, and you're, you're saying you, in your head, you almost see a strategy. So someone is presenting their view of the world, and you see the strategy coming out in your head. How do you help them? And the second part of that question is, what's the difference between that and the way you would rear your children? Oh, My children would uh, say, oh, dad, <laughs> just
1: dead. Dad. Right. my children don't pay they're my worst pupils <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think what, what I, I believe what I do actually is I allow people the ability to think for themselves, I don't lecture at people I don't lecture to people, I kind of do some of what you're doing here is asking those powerful questions because the reality is if you can ask a question somewhere deep down inside the answer is already there and it's when you can ask that powerful question yourself and reach down and find the answer that's when you take ownership and it's when you take ownership, that's when things really, really, really change. We're living in, in the information age, right? Where, look, we have books, information, right? We have tons of different books there, but there's all types of information. Everything is going on, right? Um, and it's readily available. But how come people are reading these books and not taking action? Because they've rented the thought, right? They've rented the thought. They've rented somebody else's idea. They've, they read it, but they're not taking ownership of it. And, you know, I often say to people, look, you know, when you rent something, how much care and attention do you give it? Right? I often ask people, you know, I did ask this person one day and they said, actually, yeah. I said, have you ever rented a car? I said, yeah. said, Would you wash it before you brought it back? And they went, I did. But most people don't. Most people don't take care of what you rent. If you have a rental car, chances are you'll drive it a little bit harder than you would your own car, right? you're not overly bothered about the speed bumps as you would be if it was your own car. Mm. You're not overly bothered about where you park it in comparison to your own car. And you're not really worried if it gets dirty. Mm. So you have to ask yourself, are you renting your ideas? Are you owning them? And for me, what I want to do is support people and actually take an ownership and move out of that rental space and just having good ideas, but turning it into activity. Activity and in terms of what it is they're going to have, be, and do. And, you know, that, that all begins with your thought patterns and where you need to think what's possible. And it's also about breaking the old habits and the patterns of what you may be become conditioned to believe to be the truth from your past or maybe even your current environment. But if you break through those conditions and you stop that program, you know, it's like switching the channel, right? Mm. You know, if you... If you if you, like, if you don't like heavy metal, hard rock, and you are driving down, you know, down the motorway and your radio comes on and this thing is screaming on at you, what are you going to do? you Are going to turn up the volume? Mm. Yeah, you'll probably change the channel until you find something that's congruent with the way you think and what you like and make you feel better. Mm. But you've got to do the same with your thoughts and you've got to do the same with the environment you're in and the people that surround you. Sometimes you just change the channel. It's as simple as that. And if you change the channel and you choose the one that you like, Mm -hmm. And with your thoughts, with your actions, with advice, information, choose the ones that you like. You know, and take ownership. And once you take ownership, you will be to have anything that you want. Mm -hmm. Because there is nobody, absolutely nobody in this world has a right to tell you no. There's nobody in this world can decide for you what it is you want to become or how you're going to do it or what is you're going to do or have in this world. It's entirely up to you. People have opinions. Some people have opinions whether you think, oh, you know, materialistic stuff is not important. It doesn't matter. If that's what you like, that's what you like. Mm-hmm. Some people say, you know what, the spiritual people are all very fairy Well, that doesn't matter. If that's what they like, that's what they like. It's just people's opinions. Mm-hmm. And you have to choose the opinions that are congruent with who you are and what you want to become. And the rest of them, it doesn't matter. It's not that there's something wrong with them. They just have a different set of beliefs and different opinions. And you know what I say. If you disagree with me, then that's okay. You're entitled to your wrong opinions. Okay, you know. So again, it's it's how you start thinking about the world and start looking. You know, what am I looking for? What am, you know, when I walk out of here, what am I looking for? What am I really looking for? What am What am I focusing on? What am I thinking about? Mm. What, what are my thoughts? What questions am I asking myself every day? You know, and once you start asking those powerful questions, you get the powerful answers. And, you know, people say, you know, how do you get to move from a thought to action? And that's just practice. Hmm. And you practice it and it becomes habitual and you just do it naturally. Some people say to me, you know, if they ask me something and they go, oh, geez, he's going to do it now. Because I just do it now, right? Just get on with it, get it done. Move on. You know, and that's the reality. If that's what we say we're going to do, we're going to do it or we're not. If we're not going to do it, that's okay. Good luck to it. But if we're going to do it, let's do it now. If we can be done now, do it now. Hmm. You know, and get involved. And once you do, it just builds momentum. And once that momentum starts to build, you're unstoppable. There's nothing that will stop you. And if something gets in the way, you'll find a way around it, or you'll just go through it. But it
0: won't stop you. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like almost... It is a it's a method of empowerment, right?
1: Yeah, uh, but of course. But I mean... And, you know, and again, it starts with you. Now, the other side of that is, I always say to people, because I understand what it's like to be stuck as well. I understand what that feeling of being there and being overwhelmed or, you know, you know, the title of my book, right? Being like a rabbit in the headlights. You know, you're kind of sitting there and you're knowing this is just coming down the road at me, but because of life getting in the way and things happening and the way you've been thinking in the past, you're going to go, oh, just take me out, right? You know, but you know, common sense says you just got to move a little bit, get a bit of movement and get out of the way. So sometimes you just got to get out of your own way and, and find that empowerment. It's in, it's in you. It's in everybody. You already have it. You're already motivated. doesn't matter what you're motivated to do, whether it's good or bad, you're still motivated. So you can, you can find that empowerment. I'm just going to suggest that you choose to do it for good rather than do it for bad. But it's the same process. It's the same thought set. It's the same mindset. You know, it's the same. You have the same ability. Regardless, you just got to choose what you want to use it for good or bad. So when you find that empowerment in you, you're gonna say, Well, how, how do I take this? How do I empower myself? And if you and by the way, you can't empower other people unless you empower yourself. People will feel it from you. Everybody is transparent. Right? So people feel it from you. When you when you take this on board and take ownership, and it does take a bit of practice, but as all it takes, and start believing in it. And it's not about saying Oh, well, I'm better than you. you. don't believe me, you have a problem. No, I don't care. If you don't believe me, that's okay, by the way. I don't, I don't need your approval. I already accepted myself. So I'm not looking for approval. So I'm not looking to argue and tell somebody they're wrong. In my eyes, there's nobody wrong. Really, nobody wrong. And what I'm doing feels right. And if it feels right to me right now, then that's what's right for me right now. Will I change? Might, might I change? Possibly. But if I feel myself challenging something or or fighting against something, I'll ask myself, what's going on here? What what, what belief am I attaching to this here? What do I need to learn? What can I change? Because if I want to be the best I can be, I'm going to have to change and keep changing and do it often, by the way. Because the world around me is changing too. So I have to be accepting of, you know what? I have to be, and in order to be, I have to be able to change if I feel I need to change. Mm -hmm. If I have to change my beliefs, I have to change my beliefs. I have to allow the opinion of others and consider the opinion of others before I choose to take them on as my truth or not. And just because I pay attention and take it on, it doesn't mean that I have to take them on to become my truth, but it doesn't give me the right to change your truth either.
0: Mm.
1: You know, you know, and I'm never really open to debating it, to be honest with you. If you say to me, but is what I believe, I say, well, then, you know what, Pete, well done and fair play. If that's what you believe, that's what you believe, and I respect that. Hmm. And I'm not going to say, however, by the way, I think you're wrong because what I believe is this, and you're wrong. Why would I do that? I, I still meet people who do that, and, and people come, and you know, and, and I say to people, that's okay, I accept that. And they go, yeah, but you're wrong. <laughs> I said, yeah, but I accept that. I accept that That's your belief, and that's what you believe, and that's okay.
0: Hmm.
1: And they kind of lost because. They believe that they have to argue the case for everything. I believe I don't. I believe if I accept it, then there's no argument. And I just do what I do and what I believe.
0: I mean, that's almost like a, the outstanding, outstanding behavior commandments. You know, it's just that, that sort of, you know, seeing what needs to change, you know, viewing what's going on, protecting your own environment, right?
1: Yeah. And, and look, it's all about behavior. I, you know I mean? I used to say to people, people, you know, people used to say to me, Oh, you'll be if you do that, people would judge you, you'll be judged by your actions. And and then I, I thought, hmm, I don't believe so. I think people would judge you by your intentions. You know what some people say they show you tough love. You know, you'll be judged by your intentions, not by your actions. And then I met somebody one time and I had this conversation and actually this guy was talking about different religions, but I certainly won't get into, right? But he was talking about multiple different religions and how actually they're more than we believe are telling you they're more or less the same story they just just a different way of getting there and uh, and I kind of thought well I don't care what religion I don't care what your beliefs are you know I said for me I said I'd probably judge you by your intention and he said well then then he said you're still judging right and he said well what if there was no judgment he said and if we were to believe that everybody has their own belief and be what they want to be then there would be no judgment and if there was no judgment, there'd probably be no wars. Right? There'd probably be no conflict. And I thought, well, that's interesting, because I found myself even by saying that, even though I didn't think I was, when I thought about my thoughts. But I, even the fact that I said that means I was passing judgment. I don't believe. I don't care what you do, as long as you don't come near me with it. Well, that means I have a problem with what you're doing. And reality is, I just accept who you are, what you believe in. I don't I don't accept evil. I don't expect evil people. I don't allow them into my life. I don't excuse that. That's different. I don't excuse that. You know, but if you have a belief and you're out there and you're doing good, regardless of your belief, then I accept it as your belief. I am not interested in judgment. And that's why, you know, this even on the, with our outstanding network, I think I mentioned it even in the rules or, or whatever. I said to people, listen, everybody's belief is welcome here. We're not here to challenge or judge anybody in their beliefs you might have a different opinion you might have a different belief that's fine and that's acceptable too but what we want to accept is people being challenged because of your beliefs and that's and i can only say that because that's how I, I feel i behave you know and 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 for me you know somebody said to me years ago sure don't tell if you really want people to believe you if you really want people to to be inspired by what you do then sure don't just talk don't tell sure don't tell Get out there and be the best you can be. And that has to, I suppose, that has to come from all aspects in terms of how you speak, how you think, how you behave. You know, and I I mean, I love having fun. I love doing different things. I love doing some crazy things that most people don't get to see me do on my social media. But when I'm out there having fun, I'm having fun. I'm full out. You know, when I'm quite serious about getting business done, I'm serious about getting business done. But either way, I'm playing full out no matter what I'm doing. I'm playing mm. full out. Mm. And I don't really care for anybody that wants to change me.
0: Mm.
1: Unless it unless it's going to help me improve and be better at what I do, then I, it's okay. I don't need to take it on board. And neither do you, by the way.
0: Mm. It's a choice. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Just out of curiosity, would you say your gift and your knowing are in the same thing? Well, I think my gift is knowing. Okay. And, you know, it's
1: it's ironic that this book is here now because when I was with uh, one of my, my very first peer groups, and everybody in my peer group we had an opportunity to facilitate our group meeting so it would never be just me or anybody else each individual member would facilitate each meeting in almost like a rota and we were sitting in the room and part of it was we identify what's struggling what's getting in the way right now what what challenges we have so we come up with solutions and brainstorm together and uh and one of the guys was who was facilitating on the day? He was facilitating and something came up for one of the guys. And I just said, Yeah, here's what I would do. And I threw the solution. And he's just looking at me and writing it down. And the guy who was facilitating me, like think and grow rich. I said, Think and grow rich. So I wrote down, Okay, there's something in that. I'll write it down. Maybe that's something I have to go back and talk to him. About. So as we went, we'd full day, we used to have full days in the room together. So after lunch, we we're inside the room and there was another. Uh, scenario come up with somebody else and, and uh, we kind of have a bit of a round the room conversation in a brainstorming session and then it came to my partner and I said well look here's how I think I would manage this and handle this and I you know and I went on and on and on and gave him a really good outcome and, and a strategy and they were writing like crazy and next thing the guy who was facilitating he said to me seven habits seven habits I thought god he's picking up something clever I'm saying here that I need to attach to what I'm doing right and I hadn't realized it. So we finished the whole meeting and we're we moved up and have a coffee in the bar afterwards in the hotel. And and I said, I said, just want to ask you something because you said to me today, think grow rich and seven habits. He said, but I said you never elaborate on What did you mean by that? He said that solution you are given to that guy, he said, What are you talking about? He said, the he said, you know that you got that from the book from Think Grow Rich. No? And the Seven Habits. He said, the, the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I said, I have to be, I, I said, I need to be honest with you here. I've never read a book in my life. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I hadn't. I hadn't, up to that point, I had never read a personal development book or never had I read a business development book. But I just knew, it just seemed like common sense to me. So, believe it or not, the first book, I actually had the copy of my office. The actual book he bought me, which the very first book I was given was Think and Grow Rich. And I read the book and I thought, this is obvious. I knew this. Are you mean to tell me if somebody is after you're making millions and writing this book? I could have wrote this book. right? So the knowing was there. It was there. Um, now, I can look back in different areas and I've often thought about how, how did I know the solutions to this? And, and I will tell you, um, and I, you know, I'm not a religious person by any means, so I want to make sure and clarify that. It's not about any religion. I no affili- I don't have a problem with religion, by the way, but I have no affiliation to any religion. But as a kid, I used to read the Bible because it was a book I got for free. We didn't have books. And I used to love reading the parables. And I, as a kid, I just have a memory of reading all the different parables over and over and over. And then when I go back and I then I look at the, the science of getting rich or think and grow rich or, you know, the seven habits or, or you know, unleash the, the joint within and look at all the books I've read. And there's a parable in the Bible for all of those stories of all those strategies. So maybe I picked it up there, Pete. You know, I'm not quite sure. Uh, and maybe it's a journey that I'll always be on, I suppose. But I just accept that I know. It's not that I know everything, but I accept that I know a lot and uh, I'm a very strategic thinker, uh, you know, and, and I, again, I look back at multiple things. At 12 years of age, 12 years of age, I was the All-Ireland U-Club champion in chess, right? And i have beaten guys who were 15 and 16. I used to play chess. I started playing chess in school, at in third year in school, and, and I just fell in love with the game. And I could think, I, I could not only think, my moves, I was preempting your moves. So it became very strategic in my thinking, whether it, was the, whether it was the chest that brought it out, something brought it out. But I do believe it was always there, and I believe that's there with everybody, by the way. just the study there was not, Meow. look, maybe it is something unique. I don't know. Maybe I have a, an exceptional gift that most people don't have, but I don't think so. I think that most people have it, but again, unfortunately, they have been conditioned and programmed to believe the opposite because their habits are telling them different. They're just habits that you created based on the environment you've grown up in
0: and the environment that you've been introduced to or exposed to. I think it's, it's, it's great to see the, you know, as you say, putting that into place, you, you know, your gift, your knowingness, and, and actually what I would call, you know, your, you know, your fire and your value, your passion, because when those three or four things align, you know, it's, it's you know, the old saying is you'll never work a day in your life because it's, you just know, it just comes intuitively, you know, and and it's a great place to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, people say to me, "Just do you work hard? (laughs) I can't. What I do, I can't call it work because I love it. Mm. I I absolutely love what I do and and I love every moment of it. And From the moment I wake up in the morning to close my eyes at night, Mm. I just absolutely love it and I I love life and I love what I'm doing. You know, and and again, I think just to, to... because I don't want to dismiss it as if it's um, just get on with it and easy because I do, you know, I mean, like I can look back at my life. I wasn't, I wasn't great at everything, right? Mm. There were certain things I was, I was never good at football, soccer, useless. Useless at soccer. So I never got chosen for the team, right? I never got chosen for the team. So to me, I was not very much good at that. And that would. yes, that would have affected me, obviously, when you're starting to out with the guys in the street and all the guys are playing football. But then you don't really want to participate because you have that belief that you're not much good. And not only that, you've got pocket loads of social proof too. Because they're all going, I don't want him on my team. And then you kind of feel defeated and think, oh, you know, maybe I, don't, maybe I shouldn't go out today. there. Maybe, you know, when I see all the guys playing football up in the industry, maybe I should just go in a different direction and go out on my own and go somewhere on my own and do something. So it does affect you for sure. Uh, I was blessed that I found a game of rugby and I found something I was exceptionally good at. But, you know, there are times in, a, in simple things, and the same with business, by the way, some people feel because somebody says, if they live in a world of comparisons, they say, ah, listen, you're not that good at that. No, you're not that clever. And then, and then if you meet people who seem to be achieving what you want and achieving, and you look at them and go, I'm not that clever. I think I'll stay away from them. And then you create a destructive environment around you and you start finding the people who will give you plenty of social proof and say, actually, you know what? You were dead right. You were dead right. You know, people like us, we don't ever have a business. People like us don't have money and you know where you come from. And you start taking that on as a belief. And I'm going to encourage everybody, whoever watches this to step up beyond that and actually allow yourself to say, you know what, you know, it's possible. I am sitting here as living proof. And if, there, if anything people take from this talk is to take this, that I'm sitting here as living proof that you can do this. This is not about me, by the way. I'm sitting here as living proof that you can be, do and have anything that you want in this world. And have I finished my journey? Absolutely not. I have a long way to go, a lot more than I want to do. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to enjoy every moment of that journey. And I'm not going to apologize to anybody. Because my intentions, I'm going to do no harm to anyone. I'm just going to get on with my life, and I'm going to get on with doing what I do best. I'm going to play full out, and I'm going to be absolutely outstanding in every moment of every every moment of every day, as much as I possibly can. And let me tell you, when you believe in this and you take it on board, and you go out and you behave that way, now you start getting more social proof. That mm-hmm. people believe in you. People believe in you because you show up. People believe in you and they're inspired by you and they start changing their lives because of you, because of the message that you bring to them. And you start getting social proof because people step up and thank you and they share back with you what you've done and support you to achieve them. And that social proof will reinforce that belief that you can be, doing and have everything you want. But make sure you go and find the people who will share back positive feedback that will inspire you to keep lifting yourself up and lifting other
0: people up. Mm-hmm. Well, was powerful. One final question: Do you still play chess?
1: No, no I haven't played in years. God, I, I, uh, I do remember playing somebody, and I haven't played in in a quite a while now, to be honest. Um, but I do remember playing somebody over in the bar in Lanzarote. You know, I had a pub in Lanzarote. And some guy came in and he was sitting with the chess set, and I said, and I said "Do you play?" And he said, "Yeah." And uh, it's a little bit. I'm just learning. And he was looking for somebody to play. So I said, hang on, let's sit down. We'll have a game. And, uh, God, I forgot how much I forgot. <laughs> 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 he hammered me. Right. And he was only a beginner. So of course that wasn't good enough. Right. I, I found as if having one of the bar staff and, uh, running a chess set And to sit at the bar. You know, this is very rare. We get a quiet time. Mm-hmm. Right? Very rare. But we start a game of chess and we have a bit of a mess about. And, uh, and, and then of course some people I was beating I was still good enough but there were people who were starting out who were far better and the, and the reality is if you stop practising mm. sometimes you might forget mm. how to be the best you can be so mm. don't stop practising it's got to be kept going
0: absolutely Yeah. Pat that has been outstanding thank you so much for that and, it's been uh, an absolute honour and we, uh, we look forward to hearing more in the story and uh, really taking it to the next step so thank you very much again appreciate it appreciate it too thank you Pete well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And by the way, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that the people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.